In heaven, everything is fine. In heaven, everything is fine. In heaven, everything is fine. You've got your good thing, and I've got mine. I was gonna say, I always forget how we start these, but then I say that literally every time we do. We start, we start these by you saying, I've forgotten how we start doing these. That's the yeah, that's the sort of that's our entrance. It's like being like, huh, how do we start this? <laughs> anyway, hello, and welcome <laughs> to Lynchpin, a podcast where we talk and analyze the deep creases of David Lynch's brain through his work in chronological order. Because why not? I'm your host, Chaz, and I, you know, I'm just going to lie on this floor for a while until I, you know, <laughs> think of something to do. <laughs> I'm your host, Janos, uh, also known as Catherine's Racist Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the host, Alec, and uh, I specifically requested no creamed corn on this podcast. <laughs> I'm Jan, and... I would very much like to make love to a woman who I, I had genuine affection for. <laughs> love it. Good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The so. whole damn town. The whole. I'm a whole damn town. <laughs> the whole damn town. <laughs> um. What? What else? Uh. This podcast listener is just you and I. Okay. Mm. Um. If you think it's. <laughs> If you think it's a little bit odd that we start the podcast like this by just saying random quotes without without saying why, um, it's not odd at all. It's the European way. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh. mm-hmm. Yeah, so this week, month, this month, we watched the first chunk of episodes from season two of Twin Peaks um, up until, you know, the turning point. And we we learned a lot, I think. We we found a lot of stuff out. We uncovered a murderer. We learned about Andy's sperm count. <laughs> Incredibly important material. <laughs> we heard some great music. Um, James is there, you know. Mm-hmm. This chunk mm. of episodes are so much. Like, it was just <laughs> one episode longer than, the, than season one. Mm. But it, it felt so much more. Mm-hmm. There's a lot it's going juggling on. so much. Yeah. They're trying so hard to keep it going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> remember when Audrey got kidnapped? That was yeah. a whole thing. <laughs> uh-huh. It was just, and then she just, they got her back and it was fine and it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> it was just fine. Yeah. She's fine. Remember, I, I can't believe that, that, like, there's so many things in this chunk that weren't even resolved. Like, that's just like, that, that I thought we're not going to get until we get to the second half of this season. Like, just, lead ups to th- th- there's a lot of great like foreshadowing to the great stuff that we're gonna get later mm-hmm. yeah they're setting up some of our favorite plot lines um yeah like you know um N- nadine is here and she thinks she's a teenager mm-hmm. and she's also super strong uh um, bad could happen there the- there's a restaurant critic coming to the <laughs> coming to the diner. That's oh my a, god, this is such a nothing plotline. Yeah, 
it's towards the, the last bit we, of these bunch of episodes where you start to see the sort of pointless story arcs just sort of bleeding into the main thing. creeping in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the restaurant critic plot is like such a... I feel like a ton of shows do a restaurant critic plot when they have no idea how to stretch time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone has ever cared about a restaurant critic. It almost, to me, it almost, <laughs> seemed, it almost seemed like an excuse to have Hank do something because he's got that one scene where he it's like, oh, we'll make the we'll make the diner look really nice. Well, I'll mm. do I'll do all of this. Look, I am yeah. I am a husband, really. But yeah. he, he steals remains, the guy's wallet. Yeah, that goes nowhere. He just remains completely uninteresting the entire time. <laughs> desperate, desperate to be some kind of interesting. Desperate to have any land. any character other than Nora's husband, who is a criminal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's the entirety of his character, as I understand it. He's a crime boy. Like, you hear about him before he turns up, and he is nothing more than what you hear when you meet him. Yeah. Hank is so bad. Like, he's... We talked about how he's, he's bad in the last one, but, like, th- this time he's just... Like, he has even less... Like, all his purpose was done in season one. Mm-hmm. And now he's just, like, still around. And... I feel like the sh- at least someone wants us to believe that he's he's this bad boy, but he just lacks all the charisma that would make that fun mm. or needed. He's just sort of vaguely villainous, and I, I guess because we know, you know, after that really big episode that ended season one, mm-hmm. um, which sort of, you know, it it ended a lot of plot lines, but also like started a bunch of new plot lines. Mm. Yeah. And then the sort of the trains of these plot lines sort of wave around like loose threads in the wind, you know, they're not mm. really connecting to anything. <laughs> yeah. But they have like so much potential. Like there's this whole stuff. Hmm. How do you feel? I don't know how we should structure this. So how do we feel about like Leo, the, the Leo Shelley uh, mm. stuff in this part of Love this it. season? Where- Love where they've taken it. Yeah, well, Leo, Leo is in a vegetative state, and uh, in order to get the insurance money, Shelley and um, Bobby decide to let him into their home, where they proceed to like stuff cake on his face and have sex on the table <laughs> in front of him, um, only to have no—they have no real insurance money. Do we have any way we can structure this? Like, maybe let's start with the first episode and then we can, like, okay. see the, where this is going. Okay. Um, we ended, like, the last one ended with a big cliffhanger where Koopa was shot and we were like, oh my god, is the protagonist gonna die now? Mm. Yeah, wow. What if Dale Cooper <laughs> fucking died of being shot? <laughs> died of In bullet. fact, he's, he's fine. You know, he is unwell for he's a bit, fine. but he's determined to get up. 100%. <laughs> I, I love the opening it's of the so, second season oh, so much. It's pretty good. Didn't you get so mad when we it's watched great. it the first time? <laughs> it's so, I, I love it. It's so good. <laughs> My parents got mad when we watched it. My mum was like, why is nothing happening? It's <laughs> on the floor. This guy is like, your milk? It's geriatric <laughs> it old man. <laughs> Coming in God, and out of the room. That old man. <laughs> That bit is so good. Like, I, I don't think the first... I think the first episode of this season was kind of disappointing to me. Like, because it's... I don't think it needed to be 90 minutes long. 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it did. It felt like, like, I don't know, there were some good bits in it, but I don't know. It didn't feel like, like the season one uh, pilot episode was also 90 minutes long and that like set up the entire thing, right? Achieved a lot more, yeah. I, I love uh, Jerry and Ben in that episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. When, is it, it's either the first or the second when uh, Leland walks in with his white hair and he's singing yeah, and he just yeah, started yeah, yeah, dancing. Yeah, yeah they're just oh, like that going is for it. delicious. That's an exceptional character moment. Everyone just joining in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, let's let's see what happens in that episode. Um, this is where the giant is introduced. Yeah, you know, the giant is introduced here. I also realized I don't care about the giant that much. The giant's cool. Oh, really? That's great. I love the giant. I, I love his return. Like I love his second scene or whatever. But like in this, in his first scene, I was just not feeling him that much. Well, wow. apparently there was the story that um, oh I forget his name. The the arm actor he couldn't return. Mm-hmm. Um, so he that actor like tells the story of uh he said yeah they could he couldn't get me so they got a giant to take my place mm-hmm. yeah i'm the i'm an actor um <laughs> and uh so that's a i don't know that was a fun yeah lens to watch it through imagining i like the, the giant i just don't think he's quite as good as all the other uh mystical people i guess I really like yeah. the beginning of this episode. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, when Cooper's just fucking lying there for ages and the giant comes and it takes his ring and it gives us some... He's a little clues. dry, but yeah. Yeah, yeah it I, might be a little but, dry. I feel but, like it, it, but it's cool. Yeah, and it adds like a sort of tangible thing for the audience to be looking out for with the, the, yeah. three, the three items that he mm. says yeah, that you're going to see. That's cool. I, I, I just really love about that. Like The thing I really love about the opening scene is just the old guy who... Uh, <laughs> who just comes in and he's like not he's like I, uh, I, uh, you just want to lie here <laughs> they got such a perfectly decrepit old man yeah. so old it's the oldest too. man you've ever seen oh my god reminds me of my like 92 year old grandpa oh my god I just it's love just when great. like Coop gives him a thumbs up and then he yeah, he's so he happy to do the thumbs again. up back and he keeps leaving and coming back. Yeah, it goes again. away. And he comes back again just up. to give him a thumbs up. <laughs> uh, but he's also like spooky, right? Like he's a bit, you know. I feel like there's yeah implied that he's sort of related to the giant in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they kind of dress similarly. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then when we see the giant again, he's also gonna be there. So mm. yeah, mm. they they're like kind of connected, I guess. Um, Catherine's dead. That's sad. <laughs> Never gonna see her oh, again. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, what a bad. great character. I, I really enjoyed shame. her in the first season. And uh, what a bummer that we're not gonna <laughs> see her again. I'm eating cereal <laughs> as I'm saying this. Uh. <laughs> I wish she could get a plot in this season. <laughs> yeah, I wish she'd have like a really cool plot with like mm. <laughs> just Kaisers and it would be unproblematic. <laughs> Uh, ooh. <laughs> just a normal, the just a normal disguise. Mm. Mm. That it's okay for her to wear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. 
she, she speaks in a cool voice and it'll be like <laughs> completely fine. Yeah, we love doing funny voices and disguises. Yeah. Like, mm. Sounds like a fun time. Yeah, I can't see any way that would go wrong, personally. Um, no, no. Leo survived, but he's, um, you know, doesn't really have any consciousness. Like, we, we kind of talked about that, that whole plot. It's so good. It's just so I twisted. It. It's like, if that happened to anyone else but Leo, yeah. it would be like, yeah, oh, that's, that's kind of cruel. Mm. But, like, because it is Leo, I could be like, haha, nice. <laughs> <laughs> It was such a bad idea that they should have just let him go to prison. Yeah. Maybe. But I also just love Shelly being like, oh no, my abusive husband is a coma. Haha, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, don't do that. Oh, please wake up. Oh. I th- yeah, just Bobby is also just like such a perfect foil for that or just like. Yeah. The way he. The way he be- he behaves around around the around Leo now is, is so funny. He's such a... I, I love Bobby, but he's just a great yeah, character we have, to me. We we have that also in this episode, the great moment where um where Major Briggs tells um tells Bobby about yeah. his dream. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is that's one that of my favorite scenes. Great. That is, yeah, iconic, wonderful, wonderful scene. I like that he cries. I think it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good scene to yeah. yeah, like that seems me right in my little, you know, dad feelings. Yeah, yeah. It, it really, <laughs> you know, brings a real heavy emotional weight out of sort of nowhere. You're not expecting it from Bobby, and he's yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, I feel like that scene right. could have gone so wrong in, in the hands of anyone else. Like in any mm. other show, it would have been like, oh, Bobby doesn't appreciate his dad opening yeah, up yeah, yeah. or telling the story, and it would be, yeah. like, I don't know, the rebelling teenager or whatever. But, like, the fact that he actually d- got him to cry is, uh, I don't know, it's such an earnest moment. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because I think Bobby is very emotional, um, just inherently, and I, yeah. I think it's good that that is carried through in this sort of scene because like you know he he does care about his dad you know he's just been through a lot recently and isn't very (laughs) very happy and he hasn't really i don't know did he cry when laura died has he i mean he cried when he went to see the um dr jacoby right but like yeah yeah maybe he needs to cry you know (laughs) yeah i don't know like that's a great question if he i i don't think we hmm I don't think he did cry when Laura died. Yeah, I don't remember that happening. But, like, his connection to Laura is so weird. Like, it's, you know, like, in that Dr. Jacoby scene in season one, it's, like, kind of doesn't really paint Laura in a great light in that situation. Like, their relationship wasn't... Oh, yeah, it was bad. He was was freed by her death, in a way. Then, of course, we have the thing in in episode one where Leland's hair turns white, and uh, it's probably nothing... Yeah, I think it's, it's because he's just trying out a new look. Mm-hmm. He's like going for like an Anderson Cooper <laughs> thing. And <laughs> I think it's really it's really meaningful that the other two are like very supportive of his choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he does this funny little dance song and dance routine in that episode, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Like he does that. He does that first to uh to uh, to his wife, I think, right? Mm. And to Maddie. Yeah, yeah, as he's like leaving. Yeah, and then mm. he just like keeps singing the entire time. 
<laughs> yeah, he, he he likes it. He's happy now. He was sad before, but now he's happy yeah. for, he's happy for good reasons. He's moved on. <laughs> yeah, he's over it. Um, Stop living in the past. This is this is the episode where um, Donna puts on um, Laura's haunted glasses and yes. gets horny disease. Yes, yes, yes. God. That is this episode. <laughs> the, the whole... <laughs> Man, everything around the love triangle... Yeah, like this is this isn't only, but it starts in episode one. I, I, I still don't really know how uh, how to best structure this uh, discussion, just because there's so many like this disparate mm. plots um, that go through the entire season. But let's let's try to talk just like about the Donna and James and Maddie and uh, fucking what's his name. Harold? Harold plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Harold stuff, I think, is super unsettling. Like, I think it's pretty good. I think it fits It fits the tone of everything else really well, I think. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely like, like a Twin know, Peaks thing. You can, you can disagree. I think it's one of the more interesting plot lines they give these guys. Mm. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, you know, he, he's, I think the actor's like, you know, you're like, is this guy a creep or is he just like a sad loner who's like, mm-hmm. you know, got a romantic soul? Pretty creepy. Um, yeah. That he makes out with Donna. <laughs> um, but then, you know, she's obviously like trying to use him to get the diary and everything. So it's like she's sort of gone there to I feel do like that. I just never know if we're like meant to feel sorry for him, but then he's being a creep again. But then also, like, Donna is super dislikable in this entire situation, so I don't know. Yeah, she, I like... You can feel yeah. both, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's... You can feel sorry for him while being, like, he's still pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was... I don't know much about, like, that type of agoraphobia, but I don't mm. think it's... I don't think it's, like, vampirism where you can't... <laughs> Like, uh-huh. if, it, if you go, go outside, you like Skin fall to the to floor, burn. like you're being. I don't think it's. I don't think it's literal. I don't think it means you literally can't leave the walls of your home. I mean, maybe it is in different cases, but like that just felt a little extreme to me. Yeah, I mean, it's like magical stuff, isn't it? Really, it's like not really oh, realistic. Yeah. So just yeah, yeah, in with the whole melodrama yeah. situation with like yeah. it being sort of so, like, so, like, so drinking, like he's being bad. electrocuted when he steps outside the house. <laughs> <laughs> His fucking battle royale collar just explodes yeah. on. <laughs> he's got an ankle monitor. Um but like <laughs> the, the entire uh hmm, is the creamed court thing first? Yeah, I think the first Yeah. Yeah. The, the, oh yeah. The, the thing that because she's doing the meals on yeah. wheels. Mm. She's doing the meal on, meals on wheels, and that's like one of my favorite scenes of this season is where Donna takes the meals on wheels to Mrs. Tremond. Yeah. And her grandson is there, who looks just like David Lynch, just, just like type. David Lynch, but yeah. like as a fancy child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's there, and they're obviously like they're both like parents. Yeah. Um, and she's like, what's going on? And she's like, well, I, I asked for no cream corn. And then uh, then the child has the cream corn. And obviously, like, cream corn is, like, 
evil. Like that's an established I- <laughs> fact that we we will later find out about this universe is that creamed corn is like pain and suffering. Uh-huh. What is creamed corn from the a UK know. standpoint? I have never encountered something called Me creamed neither. corn. Um, it's well, I know what it is, but I don't know what it like is. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a corn in like a sauce. Right. It's a corn in a cream. Ooh. There you go. Why? Combining pieces of whole sweet corn with a soup of milky residue from popped <laughs> corn kernels scraped from the cup. <laughs> milky residue. So like <laughs> milky residue. Yeah. Sure. How do we, how do we yeah. feel about that? I requested no milky residue with my meal. <laughs> I just love that the child holds the creamed corn in his bare hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good image. That's, a, that's David Lynch's son, too, right? I don't I know. So. Am I making that Is up? It? I don't know if he has a yeah. son. Yeah, I thought, I thought he did. Twin Peaks um, creamed oh, it corn. Might be, it might well be. I've got no idea. Child. It looks enough like him. Let's see. Yeah, Austin Jack Lynch. Oh, nice. Yeah. Where are we? Yeah. He did a good job. He he did do a good job. He is yeah. a very sinister child. <laughs> Sitting in yeah. his chair and being spooky. Yeah. The role was later played by Jonathan J. J. He like recasted his own son. <laughs> I think for that's the movie. because he really looked different. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I think he probably aged a few years by Firewalk with Me, and he was yeah. like, "Okay, <laughs> this is meant to be. Nah, a, this is meant to be a ghost boy." Um, <laughs> it's. T- Whoa! Yeah. Sorry, I just searched him and he's like an adult, which obviously he's an adult. <laughs> but like, weird. Ooh, Austin Jack Lynch or Jonathan? Yeah. Austin Jack Lynch. He's got some headshots. Um, he oh looks. He's God. got a beard. Looks like the piano dub guy. Yeah, I don't like yeah. how he looks now. <laughs> he looks sort of like him. Yeah, there's a there's a Davy Lynchy mm. look. Hmm. Yeah, I I really yeah I think the meals on wheels stuff is good um, and better than um, constant romantic. I mean, the romantic stuff is very annoying, but at the same time, mm. I feel like it's sort of necessary for yeah this sort of story and this whole like doppelganger thing. Mm. Um, it feels necessary to the plot, but at the same time, I I just can't really get. Behind everyone wanting to fuck James, <laughs> yeah. Just on principle, on principle, this is not a situation that could exist. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I thought the Meals and Wheels stuff. It, it's an opportunity for Donna to be doing something that does not involve James, which I yeah, think, which is yeah, nice. Because yeah. I feel like Donna yeah. gets more sort of screen time over this series than she did in the in the first series. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. She does, and it and by nature of it, it kind of keeps. The story, like within the outer ring of Laura's case, yeah. whereas like the one-eyed Jack stuff is just—it's so far by proxy to the case that yeah. it feels just so yeah. tacked on, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like a lot of the other plots, like go go so far behind. Like I don't know, they just uh, just barely tie into the main story, I guess. Like if. If we can even talk about the main story here, uh, with the Laura Palmer killing, yeah, and it, it it's nice to you know at least 
aside from anything else, you know, like Donna and Maddie and James did know Laura and, you know, presumably loved Laura and were like, they're doing this out of very emotional reasons because they really want to like find mm. out what happened. And, you know, unlike characters who, like even Dale, like he wants to solve the case, but he didn't know Laura, mm. um, except metaphysically in, in his dreams. Um, so that that's nice. It's just, you know, it's, it does like buckle under James's presence, which <laughs> <Yeah>. is lacking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because like, it's like, oh, Maddie and Maddie and Donna are arguing because Donna's put on the evil sunglasses and then she saw Maddie and James holding hands or something and she was like, this is wrong. And yeah. it was like, but Donna, you have nothing to worry about. And then they make out and she's like, okay, so I did have something to worry about. <laughs> And the entire like love triangle thing starts with like them singing a song. Yeah, which the is the worst song, song in the world. Famous scene. Famous. <laughs> it is at the same time the worst Can't song in the world and the best song in the world. Just poorly written, poorly performed. <laughs> the instrumental sucks. It's got a weird the echo, weird echo on his, his voice. voice yeah. Is awful. Yeah, There's what's in his voice? <laughs> Why does he sing like that? Why are they doing it? Uh, why, 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 are they... <laughs> why does he sing why like that? And why do they it? seem to love it? They love it why? so much. <laughs> they look at him so... Like, damn, James. Like, infatuated. Didn't know you could sing like that. I just love it when he goes... <laughs> it's such a good scene, though, because they're God. all sitting on the ground. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they, they still have a microphone. You know, yeah, like teenagers like do. They just sit on the ground and play the guitar. Yeah, into a microphone, <laughs> which they have with voice effects. And they've just written a song that they're singing with their dead girlfriend's uh, cousin, <laughs> their girlfriend. And we have no context on this. Like, no, they they're not like, singing. wow, I'm working on a song. They just do it. it just it's not like James it. had been a singer-songwriter this entire time. I mean, yeah, at no point had any bit of this been set up. <laughs> no. <laughs> So fucking funny. <laughs> it, that's a good point, actually, because I did. Like, I was sort of dipping in and out because I'd watched it all, all, all of the episodes that we're going through the, today. I watched them pretty quickly mm. after I, after we finished season one. So I sort of dipped mm. back in, and I, I like definitely skipped over a lot of the like love triangle stuff because it is just wasted time. You, you're, yeah. you're watching it, and mm. you, you know that no, this none of this is going anywhere. Yeah, I mean. There's no real yeah. character development going it's on. It's very here. annoying, but I I almost like it more than fucking new Renault brother one eye Jack Blackie is addicted to uh, drug now. The fancy, the fancy <laughs> yeah. Renault. His character is somehow less than Hank because his character is just French. That's <laughs> yeah. like the French beginning Canadian and, end. and I'm evil. What kind of villain are you going to be? <laughs> I will be French. Yeah, should we even attempt to summarize what the the one eye Jack's plot is? <laughs> because I have no idea. I don't I don't even know really. So Audrey is working there, but she gets found out, and so uh they tie her to a chair and p- f- fill her with heroin and that that never gets brought up again. Mm. She's just mm-hmm. she's just walks it off i guess <laughs> um she gets she's like recovered you know it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. just need some fresh she's just like ah, just <laughs> um and then uh no i can't summarize it <laughs> something happens 
No, no. Jacques, Jean Renault wants the wants Agent Cooper dead, so he tells Ben Horn to get Agent Cooper yeah. to save Audrey. And then he and then he does, and then and that's the end of the plan. Yeah, yeah. And then he know. just he kills him, and they have a gunfight, and they manage to survive. And Coop gets like he gets, um, he's like Harry, I need your best bookhouse boy to do something off the books, and Harry's like, I'm the best bookhouse boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best boy. That moment was sweet. <laughs> that moment was sweet when he was like, "He is he here?" And he says, "He's here." And this, the, that was that was nice. Mm-hmm. I like Harry and and Cooper. It's still a good. Mm. It's still love. good. That's it's a still, that's a, a dynamic still. that's always fun to watch. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I kind of hate to see that Cooper is like wound up in this like nothing plot. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because uh, they had like a whole thing where they went there at the end of last season. And it's like yeah. we don't need to do this again. Yeah, we had enough. Yeah. I don't know. Like the the people the, writing this show is obviously not just David Lynch and Mike Frost, but you know the, the writing team. I guess seems so enamored with this location of the One Eye Jack. Mm. Mm. I just <laughs> I just don't care. Like we had enough of it <laughs> in season one. Well, it's it's so vague enough. I think. That they can just hang up some curtains and be like, it's one eye jacks. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> that's, that's a bar. Maybe that's they're, why. They're all dressed as cards. <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> such a stupid. I would not go to a theme brothel. Brothel. I'm sorry. I just would not. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I appreciate the effort that's been put in. A themed brothel also. Like, that's not great. It's about gambling. Um, did we. Does this happen in this season or last season when Audrey's father it happens comes in this to one. the brothel? It, it, yeah. It, it, it was a cliffhanger. Oh, yeah, that was part of the yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He was going in there, but he saw the resolution to that here. Yeah, so she manages Just, to like. He avoid, got a phone call. Yeah. Uh, being found out or yeah. whatever. But yeah, it is very distressing, yeah. very distressing scene. Very distressing, distressing to watch. Yes. Awful man. I mean, because I, I do think, again, there's always like parts of the plots where I'm like, I. I think this is interesting yeah. or good. And I think with this, like, I think Audrey's relationship to her dad and the way she gets, like, increasingly more upset um, about, like, all the things she finds out about him yeah. and, like, increasingly betrayed, I think is actually is pretty good. Mm. Like, when she talks to him and he's like, oh, I love Laura, and Audrey's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is super weird. Yeah. Yeah, again, in a David Lynch movie, like, the, <laughs> like, did you kill him? Did you kill her? I loved her. Not an answer to the question. Uh-huh. That's just where the conversation ends, I guess. <laughs> this is yeah. not a situation where we need any ambiguity to this answer. <laughs> just say, no, I did not kill her. I think, I think Audrey is, like, I don't know, Audrey's plot also kind of declined towards, like, in comparison to season one, I think. Like, season one had, like, a bit of a promise that she's like doing this this sleuthing on her own or whatever mm. and and then this one i'm I don't know. yeah not to put on my not to put on my like anita sarkeesian cap or yes. anything but like yeah she kind of 
her she gets her agency taken away from yeah. her and she has to be saved by a bunch of dudes yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. So that kind of that kind of sucks she's doing pretty well before them because she like she gets the guy who's in like the weird beat like the hoover oh yeah <laughs> the oh that <laughs> It's just his thing. And um yeah, he just likes the sound of hoovers and she like you know, she like tortures him a bit to try and get information. So, you know, she's sort of doing something. It's just I don't know, she has like no outs because like obviously mm. you have to immediately leave if you do that. Yeah. Um Yeah. Mm. I think yeah, upon a, again, upon a rewatch, Audrey's seems to have way less to do than I remember. I remember her being a much yeah. more important and sort of integral character. Yeah, and the but only thing I... Iconic. Yeah, yeah, she's she emblematic her, of a lot of Twin Peaks. Yeah. And the only thing I remember her doing, like, after this point is the Billy Zane stuff. Yeah, Billy Zane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, she, she decides she's going to do a, a career in business and she starts, like... <laughs> I, I don't know, because this bit is all her being, like, my, my dad, yep. he's actually yeah. a monster, maybe. And then at some point she's like, maybe I like my dad and now I will learn business. Yeah, the, the um. idea that she just immediately goes and begins <laughs> to work for her dad again after all of this, you assumed character development of learning all of this stuff about her dad. I feel like it yeah. gets really yeah. undercut by her just being like, yeah, no, I'll... I'll just work here for a while. Isn't yeah. that like what also what Bobby does? But Bobby's like, I will also learn business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like he means business more in like gonna blackmail than yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a business boy. I'm gonna do the business of blackmail. Um, <laughs> should we? Maybe we should try to talk like about the main plot. <laughs> yeah. Should we talk about murder most foul? <gasps> murder most foul. I'm... In Twin Peaks. Um, I think the Maddie murder is like incredibly distressing. <laughs> it's really well done. But, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. With the, with the yeah, the, with the horse and yeah, like yeah. Oh, Sarah crawling on the floor and then oh and the record yeah. player and then the, it's the like mirror reveal slow motion. God. It's just like we. It's yeah. It's really really rough and it goes on for so long. It's when you can tell that David Lynch like he knows how to make horrific imagery. Like he yeah yeah. It's very clear that's the work he's done before. I feel like. Hmm. Yeah, and that's clearly like one of the strongest, or maybe the strong. It's probably the strongest scene of of this mm. of this chunk of episodes. Um, yeah, definitely. And then the entire yeah. lead up to that, like also like intercut with the. Hmm, I don't know. It's, was that the first time we see uh, Bob in the mirror? Yeah, like with Leland. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. after that. Yeah, that's a great reveal. Like, the, God, I'm still struggling to make this structurally makes sense but i think that the reason why it's hard to talk about this season coherently is the way that the the plots are like a lot of times kind of go nowhere for a while and then they Mm. amp up and then they get like an incredible scene Mm. and and the other reason is that i don't know there's just so many of them like how how do we get there i guess (laughs) To that scene. <laughs> what leads um, us well, there? Well, Maddie keeps seeing images of her, like things related to her death. So she mm-hmm. sees Bob climbing over the um the couch. Oh, yeah. I think that, that was the most sees, frightening like, bit to me, like hands down, seeing him sort of crawl into the camera. That yeah. really, really yeah. spooked me the first time I saw that, 100%. Yeah. I've got no oh, idea yeah. why it's as scary as it is. Well, she just seems so scared. Like she, she's such a good actress mm. in this. She's just—I yeah. don't know. I really 
by like the horror of it. I think like the visceral horror that she feels. Mm. Um, and again, when she sees her in blood, and you, you're not really sure what it is, but she's just like freaking out when she sees it. I thought it was a really nice moment too when she was uh, talking to Leland, and mm. she said like. Uh, all I know is that I'm Maddie. My cousin Laura died. I'm here to see her. Like, like saying all she knows is like the basest part of her character. Like, mm. I don't know. I got an interesting like meta uh, vibe from mm. that. I guess that like yeah yeah that she doesn't know who she is other than her role in the show. Mm. Yeah, it's like upon upon entering. Twin Peaks, she's also entering Twin Peaks the show, and then she's been sort of typecast into this role that yeah. she can't like escape. Yeah. Right. And she's such a like clearly such a standout actress in this. Yeah, especially amongst these three. <laughs> like I, I think I <laughs> yeah. think her and um and Ray Wise. Mm. Like like they're they're doing the the best acting. Yeah, they're in this acting circles around just about yeah, everyone yeah, else yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In, in their scenes. I feel, yeah, after after the sort of Bob reveal, Ray Weiss is just endlessly, he's perfect in every scene. He, he, he's essentially winking to the camera at every possible mm. opportunity. But up to that, mm-hmm. up to that point also, like Ray Weiss is, is like incredible in every scene before, like all, all the singing stuff. Uh, There's a great scene um, before the murder, what like leads up to the yeah. murder where um, it's sort of, it's a, it's, it's like a far shot, like a distance shot, and it's like Maddie on the sofa with um, uh, with Leland and Sarah, and she's telling them that she's gonna go back home because she's like, you know, she's done what she came to do, and she's had kind of fucked up time with her teen friends, <laughs> um, and they're sort of like, oh, that's that's sad, and they're like, oh, we'll miss you, and it seems really normal, but it's like filmed at a distance, and there's sort of Laura's picture that's like. In the frame the whole time mm. yeah and i don't know i just thought it was a really because it feels slightly ominous and i don't know if that's just because i know what's going to happen because of it yeah maybe it's just the way it's shot is slightly off it felt a bit ominous to me because maddie's sort of in, in between the two of them she's sort of like yeah stuck in between sarah and leland yeah mm. how do we feel about the 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 way the investigation of this case goes what where it's just like i don't know there's a we got the phrase right and therefore leland is the killer Uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's very dumb well i like that uh well we haven't talked about albert who is still just an absolute delight love Albert. and um i love you sheriff i I like that part oh (laughs) that moment (laughs) Sheriff Truman says, should go to jail for punching out that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying. When Cooper says Albert's path is a strange and difficult one, it's like the path of a homosexual. That's what yeah. he means, right? Yeah. Yes. That's what he's. That's what he means. Yeah. Um, I do really like, like I that, think uh, Coop's affection for uh, both Albert and Gordon uh, is mm. is beautiful. Like that's some of my favorite <laughs> parts of. Uh, Twin Peaks. I was always incredibly excited when he meets one of them. Uh, like when 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 Gordon shows up, who is played by I don't know some some sort of guy. I haven't seen him much else. Some uh, weird looking guy. guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some guy in the crew. They were just like, <laughs> yeah. hey, can you play the? <laughs> 
exactly. Some really loud guy. They were like, what if we just find the <laughs> loudest guy around and he'll play Gordon? But I like that. I, I like in in episode nine when Albert just kind of throws his hands up and says, look, whatever like dreams or yeah. vision quest, like this whole thing is like, just go for it, dude. Cause like <laughs> we've, we're out of ideas. Mm. Yeah. And like, I love that shit. And I, I love when that's, paranormal bullshit is real. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's the part I struggle with the most because I love the way that scene like, so we have in episode seven, we, the, the viewers, learn that Bob is inside of Leland, right? Like, we have that harrowing scene that we talked about where he kills Maddie and we see the, um, the reflection of Bob in the mirror. And then for, like, the next two episodes, we're going to constantly see, like, every time Leland shows up, we're going to see Bob's reflection. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like they the kind of everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Laying it on a little thick. Well, maybe, you know, if somebody's, you have to remember this is on television, like maybe somebody's turning yeah. on the TV for the first time and they're like, oh, Leland is, uh, is a big greasy yeah. guy now. That's cool. I do feel a little bit um, like in this show, the episodes that aren't directed by David Lynch are the ones that are the most like, oh, what if someone hasn't watched the previous episodes? But like Twin Peaks is not a show that you can just tune into any episode. Yeah, but it was the 90s, yeah. so, you know, that's just what they were expecting. No, I, 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 it makes sense, yeah. like, television production on one hand, and the other hand, the creative vision that might not have meshed perfectly right. in this case. Well, that's the whole right, thing that... as well, where everyone got really mad and was like, you have to reveal who the yeah. killer is, because everyone mm. is yelling at you. If, they, if Twitter existed, <laughs> they would be yelling at him on Twitter all the time. They would ratio David Lynch <laughs> yeah. every day. <laughs> But yeah, my, my point was going to be that Leland keeps acting incredibly suspicious after that. Like, yes. there's a scene <laughs> where he meets Coop uh. and like he's, he's driving like in an insane way, right? And then Coop and Harry pull him aside and they're like, Leland, you okay? And then he, he's like, I don't know, do you remember what excuse he gives? He's, oh, he was just thinking about, he was thinking about Ben because they had arrested oh, him. Yeah, at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says he's just thinking about Ben, yeah, and then he like opens up the trunk of his car, and we see Maddie's hand peeking out, and Coop just doesn't, just accidentally doesn't look there. <laughs> then he like turns away, and, then he... and we we see Leland try like uh, getting out a golf club, and it looks like he yeah, the golf club is so funny. He, he lo it looks like he wants to kill. Uh, Coop and then Coop turns around and then he's just like, "Oh, I'm just golfing or whatever." Let me just it, let me just beat Cooper to death while Truman is right there in the car. In the of the it's very like comedy murder. Yeah, <laughs> and then they still take like one more episode until they're like in a room where Coop assembles every single person. Mm. Yeah, he goes, you may be wondering why I've gathered you all here. I'm not going to tell you what's happened, but I'm going to just sort of trust yeah. that it will figure itself and, out. And We're going to do some magic, yeah, yeah, everybody. Yeah. I mean, he literally admits that it's magic. He's yeah. hoping that some miracle oh, will happen. And that scene is really cool. Like, the lighting is really cool. The yeah, music yeah. is really cool. And that scene, it's, I love the shots of all the people who are there. Mm. And then we see the dream flashback. And the thing that makes him... Realize who the murderer of who the killer of Laura Palmer is. Remembering that in his dream, the thing he didn't hear was Laura saying, "My father killed me." 
<laughs> Boy, that would have been a great thing to remember about you yeah. know about three weeks ago. But when he woke up uh, and was like, I know who the murderer was. If he just like wrote it down or something, that would have been like super Keep helpful. a dream journal. It's I, important. I kind of wish that it had been a clue that is like a little bit more vague where we can mm. see Coop like puzzle it together. Because yeah. after yeah. that, he's going to be like, oh, we should have seen this coming. There were all these clues. Like, okay, okay, mm-hmm. dude. But you still just d- d- f- re- re- uh, realize it because you remember that Laura literally said, my father killed me. <laughs> like in the it least does, cryptic way. It has the stink of like really forcing it. Because yeah. he also says like, the little man in my dream, he danced, and Leland danced. also dances. Uh-huh. It's like, I don't, that, no, that doesn't really <laughs> gel with anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, like, it's not exactly like a the same thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a yeah. dream. It feels, yeah, like a result of them being told, look, we need to get this story to a point where, you know, we can reveal mm-hmm. a murderer. So you need to find a way to make all of this cryptic stuff, you know, yeah. it, it needs to sense. have a, a reason and it needs to be quick. <laughs> it needs to be now. So the old guy from the hotel is going to go, that gun you like is going to come back into style. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's going to like set up all your Pick memories. any line and just bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> like, it would have been better if there had just been something that Leland did uh-huh. to do with Maddie's killing that yeah. meant that he discovered mm. it through that. It because it just sort of, I don't know, it, it takes all the momentum out of Maddie's murder yeah. to just be like, oh, it's something else. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it kind of didn't like it didn't work pacing wise to me that it was in episode seven where we learned it, and then there was one entire episode where just no one realized yeah, it. Like no, that that was a little bit episode? too much wheel spinning <laughs> for me to take. Like yeah, two it's episodes. like no, well we well they had to establish the important uh, restaurant. Cl- uh, critic. Uh, we got yeah, well, we got it back. Subplot, restaurant so, uh... critic is coming, and he's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> and that isn't even resolved up to this point, right? Like, no, <laughs> they're gonna drag that one out so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, doesn't she? Yeah. She figures it out though in these episodes, right? She's like, her mum's not like, yet. not yet. No. I don't think. I think it's. I think no, it's, they have yeah, a, a little they bit. They have a conversation about the omelet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, not, her mum's like, yeah, revealed. you can do it better. Yeah. God, her mom's such a bitch. Her I mean, Republican yeah, she, mother. She doesn't like. They're really, uh, they're really laying it on so strong with the restaurant cl- critic plot because they, they're like, they, they see someone who they suspect to be the restaurant critic, and they send out the other guy who's just sitting there and eating his hamburger sandwich somewhere. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then, then this mother scene, like when when her mother is there and she starts criticizing the omelette it's still played as like donna has no idea and i i don't exactly remember how it's resolved later but i remember it's very dumb oh yeah no i don't even yeah i have no memory of how that pans out because there's so many like wacky uh townspeople plot lines in the rest of this series oh boy yeah that's the thing Um, about the restaurant critic plot that it's not tied to like as annoying as dick tremaine and little nicky are Whoa, whoa, whoa. at least Remain. like whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, let's not let's not be throwing around this stuff about my favorite character in all of twin peaks dick tremaine richard dick tremaine, tremaine from men's fashion tremaine. <laughs> i i absolutely uh, rewatched his jacket. his sort of arrival where he's checking himself out in a bit of, i don't know as a little window or something and then he turns around and he has the largest shit-eating grin i've ever seen on a human being 
and I can't, <laughs> I can't help, I can't help but fall in love with this guy. He's like some sort of weird sixties dude. He's a, he's a cartoon character or something. He's, he's it's incredible. I did appreciate wonderful. Dick Tremaine a lot more in this uh, in this viewing <laughs> than the first time. They go to the wine. They have like the wine tasting. Oh, later on, yeah, um, yeah. that's oh, yeah. It's, it's... He reminds me of like in I don't know in the Ernest movies when Ernest has to dress up as a, like a rich guy. Like that level of mm. cartoonish rich man. <laughs> yeah. He has a fancy car and he wears sports jackets and he works fancy. He, he eats the European way. Yeah. The European yeah. way. That's the European way. Like, yeah, all of the Iconic. all of the like narrative pieces he's involved with are pointless and rubbish. But <laughs> yeah. that actor in that role does nothing but hit home runs every single time he's on, he's on screen. <laughs> You know what? I, will I wish he'd been that. in the return. Yeah, I wish he'd yeah. Go back and like <laughs> oh had a serious storyline. <laughs> Can you uh, imagine? I would God, love to gr- grown-up Nikki would have been so good. <laughs> I mean, we did have um, we we did have uh, Michael Sarah. Michael yeah. Michael Sarah. Yeah, is, um, of course. And, Hard Andy to beat and, that. Yeah, and we don't we don't get yeah, to little Nikki yet, so. We'll have to wait yeah. on that for next episode. But they, the next episode. they did already lay the groundworks for that incredible plot line. With yeah, um, who's the father of um, Lucy's child? Yeah, Lucy's child. Who is the dad? Is Andy is infertile? Is is he? No, he's not. He's a whole town. <laughs> he's, a whole, <laughs> he's, a whole town. <laughs> he's a whole damn town. Come on. Yeah. The whole <laughs> stupid comedy plot with like the plot and the magazine is very <laughs> so good. I mean, it's not good, but it also is like the thing it with the Lucy and um, Andy Dick plotline is that it's incredibly dumb and pointless, and uh, and it it is fun. Like I, I do think it's fun because those actors are really fun too. Like I, I love these characters. Uh, I love Lucy and Andy. I wish happiness on them, but you know they are clumsy. I just kind of wish it wouldn't drag out for so long. Mm. Yeah, it's a little. It yeah, it does not need that much screen time for I think it's that great, amount of and things I think that should happen. Be twice as much. Big spin off. Yeah, yeah, that was the, the thing. The uh, yeah, Mulholland Drive was supposed to be an Andy and Lucy uh-huh. spinoff, but uh, they changed it at the last minute. <laughs> God. One oh thing I really loved Lucy about one thing I did love about that plotline is when uh, when Coop tries to talk to Lucy about it. And yeah, oh it's that's that's great, and though. he's like the first person who tries to help them. Like everyone else, yeah. just sees that they have something and they just uh, they just leave them alone and and, and cooper's being nice really guy. helpful like he's really yeah. trying to to help them with that it just it doesn't quite work but women you just don't understand them yeah women uh, women are complicated <laughs> women be sad jack about nance, their pregnancies. <laughs> jack nance says yeah women be sh- J- josie be shopping <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Do we want to talk about Josie? Can we oh, talk okay. about Josie? On, Let's talk about. Uh, does that mean we have to talk about Catherine as well? Yes. We will have to talk Might about as well. Catherine. <laughs> We're talking about Catherine at some point, anyway. 
Yeah. Okay, let's move over to the sawmill and discuss the happenings <laughs> of this particular locale. Um. So Josie, I I can't even tell you what is happening <laughs> with Josie. She, Josie was away, but she wasn't really, and she's got shopping because she's been shopping like she's a girl. Been shopping like which women is her be. alibi. Yeah, but she's but there's this other there's Mr. Lee with the with the ponytail, and he's. There and he's mean to her. He says, "We got to go back to. We got to go back because there's this guy wants us there." And Mm. she's like, and she's like, "No, but we got to stay." And he's like, "Uh, uh, choke you." And she's like, "Okay, I guess we'll go." And that's the that's (laughs) that's the entire plot line. Is he's like you're you're in love with the the. Sheriff, and she's like, I'm not. He is just a useful tool to me, but he's not just a useful tool. She does have feelings for him, and he's like, Josie, were you shopping? And she's like, I was. Look at all these clothes I have. If I if I do sexy, will you stop asking questions? <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's what's his name? What's the guy? because uh, her plot is all about like. I don't know. <laughs> There's the one guy and then her husband and she thinks that that well, Andrew Packard. Yeah, there's Andrew Packard and then there's the guy who's in is it Hong Kong? Mm. Who's like uh, what's his name? This all, all this stuff with Josie later on in the season is the bits that I definitely remember the least well. I have incredibly yeah. poor comprehension of what's actually going on with these. Yeah, guys. But I remember even... Josie Josie become covered. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Except that, but we'll get to that. Oh, but even in, even in this section, I I just started to zone out whenever yeah. whenever that plot started happening. Like I have genuinely no idea what was going on. There. I think in, in, in a, when we did our episode on the first series, I was yeah. sort of defending Josie Packard's acting. It's like oh, it's just soapy, you know. It's like yeah. it's like melodrama. It, it can be a bit rubbish, you know. That sort of answer, I don't know, sort of a campy air. But at this point, you know, once the series has been going on this long, it definitely becomes draining to keep watching her sort of hammer up a little bit. And it's not even that that interesting. And like, soapy acting is fine, but if if she was involved in a plot that is a little bit more engaging. Yeah. Like, because so, I don't know, but the other example I was going to bring up is Lucy and Andy's acting is also very soapy. Mm. And that plot isn't necessarily engaging. Or have, doesn't have a weight, but it's well, at least it very simple to comprehend. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And they're they're given things to do, and like, I think they kind of, you know, they're given things to feel, like, mm. yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. in a. That's the thing about that sort of melodramatic acting. It's like you have to kind of feel something, but it. I don't know. The car- yeah, I don't know like what Josie kind of wants wall. me to feel. Yeah, like. Is she sad that she has to go back? Is she... What? There's just kind of nothing there. Not much for her to do mm. there. Yeah. Is... It's... it's yeah, yeah. It, it's lacking quite a lot in anything, really. But mm-hmm. luckily, Catherine Ooh. is getting her own back on Ben <laughs> by doing by doing... Racially insensitive <laughs> cosplay. Yup. 
Mm. It is like it's honestly mind boggling how bad, <laughs> how bad that like her dressing up as a racial stereotype is. Like, oh my god! So and overboard. The, the, the part where she's where she says like, "My family was in Nagasaki." It's like fucking yikes. That's Whoa. not. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, that's like yeah. the one part that's like that like crosses like extra the line yeah as if the face makeup accent wasn't al- wasn't already enough <laughs> i know but just, it's just an extra it's an, an extra, extra layer of racial insensitivity of, it's just yeah. so much like the the makeup the like Mm-mm. mustache the head like the hair and then Mm-mm. that voice added on added on that is like you can't you can't tell me that Ben Horn, a person who has slept like... with this person, <laughs> with Catherine, will not recognize her through the most racist Asian accent. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you think at least that he would be like, okay, this is not a real Japanese yeah. person. <laughs> no, it takes it takes him seeing the foot, as, he, as we all know, he's a foot guy. <laughs> oh my god, a the foot, foot. <laughs> professional foot guy till the day he dies. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that foot before. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I suck those toes. I know who this is. I know every square centimeter of those feet. <laughs> that was kind of, I do. I would say the one bits that are, I think, funny are when she does the foot thing and also when she's, like, hitting on um, her husband. Yeah. And he's yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck is happening? Yeah, but... <sighs> God, I feel like it would have been funnier if it was less racist. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Like the, the foot thing did get a chuckle out of me. It was just drenched in so much bad stuff. Mm. Yeah. And was it necessary? Mm. Like, was this... Not even a little bit. Not no. <laughs> what did this no. contribute to the overall plot of this season? Um, she got the mill back <laughs> from Ben by getting him to sign a thing. No, yeah. He, he thought like... that she was giving him money but she wasn't for the project and so bankrupt him i'm not sure i mean that's as much clarity as i've got on it it's hugely instrumental to the mill storyline but the mill storyline is not even remotely connected to the (laughs) case we barely cared about the mill while it was it's nothing she never sat stepped foot in that mill you could do that whole thing with the mill where it's like, I don't know, about the sort of, I don't know, the, at the end of industry and in like that part of America and, you know, you could, you could do you stuff could do about that. that. There's so much to do with like industry and workers stuff in America, but instead it's just a bunch of super <laughs> racist adventure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. God. Um... Maybe I'm an idiot, but I really didn't think... I had no idea it was Catherine the first time around I watched it. Charlotte didn't tell me, which was very very good of her. Yeah. Maybe I'm just a moron. Maybe I just wasn't expecting them to go that far. Yeah. Yeah. Like, surely, surely they wouldn't have done that. No. I was like, this is someone in disguise. Yeah. It is very heavy disguise, to be honest. Like, I, I also didn't recognize her. I, I do think... I like it, it. It was pretty clear it's not an actual Asian person. But, yeah, oh, no, actual yeah. Asian person. <laughs> I made it that far, yeah. on my own, at least. Um, the mustache also just looks fake as hell. <laughs> so 
so awful from every square inch is just mm, <laughs> disgusting. God, I'm starting to fear the show isn't too great in like racial things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, nah, that will maybe be a little bit of a, a pattern with mm-hmm. Wavy Davy. Not a lot of. Yeah. Uh, not great in that. It's also just like like the I, I'm not sure if the Josie plot specifically is like racist, but it is at least kind of orientalist. I think like the mm. the way that the Asian characters come in uh, through like through this weird. Well, isn't plot. it like you know? Isn't it like revealed that she was like a sex worker or something yeah. as part of like the the gang or whatever yeah like mm-hmm. that's not too great like i'm not saying mm. you can't have the <laughs> asian sex worker gang characters but don't let that be the only non-white character besides yeah, the Hawk. only representation of non-white uh, yeah, 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 yeah to have and then also one. have a different one who is a white person in yellow face Yes. Yeah, that's exactly. not representation. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Dave. Yeah. There's also that. There's the desk girl, who mm. is again just the one who's does, excited about the critic. Yeah, but she's yeah. again not like a central character at all, and has not much to do with anything. Yeah, she's fun though. She mm. plays. She is very funny. <laughs> She plays her part well. She does sort of act like a Disney character. Um, mm, yeah. Like on a Disney show, like a kid's show of some sort. Very high like she could just be in um, The Sweet Life, you know? As much as all the Catherine stuff's like pretty awful, I did enjoy... It's, you know, it's tied to Ben Horn, and I feel like he gets a lot of good, good sort of plot points at this bit in the series. Yeah. Ben Horn. Yeah, he's so fucked up. Yeah, ben and dreadful. Jerry Horn are just, every time they're on screen together, it's just like, mm, yes, they yum, are, yum, yum, yes. Yeah, good yeah, good comedic duo. Smoked cheese pig, excellent. They're, oh, oh my god, yeah. I love that whole scene is about them trying to figure out which ledger to burn to have sort of the, the best shot of, you know, making the most money. And they uh-huh. end it by just, mm. by just toasting marshmallows instead. Uh-huh. Wonderful. It's all about food uh, with Jerry. Delightful. Ben and Jerry yeah. are such perfect, perfect fucked up brothers. Like, they're... <laughs> you'd think that like the, i don't know just the fact that both of them are so evil together mm. and, and so like incredibly like beyond all redemption is yeah is well, just fascinating <laughs> to me yeah although i guess mm, i guess they're, they're ben, like brothers ben horn being... gets his redemption hmm? i was saying oh ben horn gets re- redemption <laughs> i guess <laughs> He does. I don't think he deserves it. <laughs> he decides. He decides to be a good person. That's later, but yeah, no, he's yeah. a. At this point, he is like archetypal evil businessman yeah. and plays it well. I mean, he did. He's just like, such a creep. Yeah, I was trying to think to back to when I watched it the first time with Charlotte, and whether whether or not when they arrested Ben, I had any inclination that like, I, if I believed at all that Ben was the culprit. If at any point I was well, like, too obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I already I knew at, at that point, like, yeah. I, I had it spoiled, uh, who killed Laura Palmer, so, uh, I wasn't, like, mm. I, I had that yeah, thing yeah. where I, I saw somewhere the, 
that image of um of Leland looking into the mirror and it's Bob. Uh, and oh I, yeah. I, like I had that spoiled to me, mm, and then right. I was trying to like convince myself that no, I I'm misremembering or it's uh, you know I still don't know who the killer is, but like I actually know. Yeah, 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 yeah. The thing is, right? Like, I think a big deal is made out of the the killer being revealed, and then the plot just ends. But it's like you could still like. There's still a mystery there, like who is Bob? Mm-hmm. Like how do we stop him? Because obviously he can just possess someone else and I I don't know why that's framed as like yeah. we got him. That's the end. It's yeah, like, that was no, a little he's still still out there. It was like, a little yeah, the, weird to the me. Fi- yeah, the final shot of that last episode is of an owl. I'm, I'm assuming, you know, it's the, the way the last bit shot it looks like, you know, Bob has then Gone to inhabit an owl, so they're aware that Bob is still around. Yeah, but then it. Mm. And I mean, they talk about it. Mm. But, yeah, but yeah. still, like that last oh, scene wh- is. <laughs> is Bob real? Oh, I don't know. Is it worse or better if he's just like yeah, an awful, evil father? Maybe or we're all Bob. He was inhabited. They, they kind of all <laughs> collectively stop being characters for for those few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. They just all turn into like exposition devices or like, hmm, think about this. Like even like Albert think, is so audience? weird in that moment because because like Albert is the one who's the most like who's like such an eccentric character and, and in that in that episode like in episode nine he just turns into a plot machine. <laughs> um, Maybe Bob is then, the evil we the men yeah, do. Maybe Bob is the evil that men do. Maybe he was born in the nuclear test in Nevada. <laughs> maybe that's... he was... What if he was an orb? I thought it was really weird when, when Albert said, maybe Bob is just uh, an orb that was vomited up by a big CGI gray lady because of the nuclear testing in Roswell. Yeah, I just don't, don't know how he got to that point. Some, <laughs> Seemed like some good deduction. It's a pretty bold claim. Jumping to conclusion. But, um, I mean, Major Major Briggs is great. Um, with he's this a stuff. Like, we get the whole, you know, when he's like, "Um, oh, I monitor deep space mm. satellites," and they are saying that the owls are a lie, um, mm. and that um, <laughs> that Dale Cooper needs to do something, um, which is going to lead us to, you know, the the Major Briggs plot lines of late season two. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I like I like Major yeah. Briggs. I think he's good. I always delight like to see and hear from him. And mm. when he oh, and when he comes in with the with the ancient man and says like this man asked if I would drive him over here, and I said, well, yeah. of course. And it's just like oh, nice. Mm. <laughs> my two, two of my favorite guys are here now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hanging out. I feel like it's, yeah, it's clear, <laughs> clear to see why Major Briggs, even though the actor had died, is still a. a a present force in the return. The character just had, mm. it is clearly really entangled in like the main narrative, and he's just great to great to watch as well. Yeah, yeah. But now his head and torso are in different places, and it's <laughs> the real shame. Sad. God. Whenever he's just whenever he's in like the diner in his uniform, I think of like mm-hmm. <laughs> I imagine him as one of those military guys who like wears his uniform around so they can get discounts. <laughs> <laughs> 
what it really reminds me of, which might actually based, be based on him, was like a Sims 2 family <laughs> um, in Strangeville uh... who, who were like... Uh, there's a guy that he's always wearing a military uniform, obviously, because he, you know, they wear one outfit. Um, but he's like investigating aliens, and that's all I think of when I think of Major Briggs. I'm like, he's just like, just like the strange town guy. That's so good. Yeah. I do want to say about that, like, episode nine, the, the like, final episode that we watched is because, like, Eric mentioned that, I think, earlier, how it's. Uh, how it seems so a, a bit too much, uh, like everyone acts a bit too much. Like this, this is the end. And it feels so much like a season finale, mm. like the, the the way yeah. the way that ends. And, yeah, it's such a weird place. Which is so weird. Like it's not even a mid season break. I, I'm just looking at the air dates, and next episode aired a week later. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> they really were just like, yeah, end the mystery so we can move on. God. Mm-hmm. And we've got is, way more episodes. Gotta, way more episodes to go. We have to do Ben Horn's Civil War plotline. <laughs> we have to do Ben Horn's Civil War. We have to do James and Evelyn. The the best subplot. Everyone's favorite. We have to do James and Evelyn. We have to talk about the fucking mayor and the new sexy ladies <laughs> who are going to appear. I just can't. I, I can't fathom this Annie. this plot to, oh, or this uh, this executive decision to make them like th- the fact that ABC forced them. I can understand that that the network would force them to reveal eventually who the killer is because you know there's the story that David Lynch planned to never reveal it, uh, and mm. then you know they they were forced by the network basically. Okay, fine. I mean, I don't think that would have been that interesting to watch, just, like, keeping it going. Oh, yeah, I After a I while, agree. it would just get absurd. And I do like, think that the murder reveal or the killer reveal was very good. Like, right, we talked about that scene. It's, it's yeah. incredibly good. I'm glad that we got to see that. <laughs> the, the thing I don't understand dead, is right. why they made them reveal it in the middle of a season. Yeah. I just, I think people, I think... People were like very, very People mad. Like I think there was, the streets. there was like public outcry. <laughs> um, what the, the killer had not been revealed. Yeah, mm. like what did because they... everyone was like, there is going to be revealed. Um, uh, and then the first episode involved Hoop lying on the floor for like ten minutes. <laughs> it is like <laughs> very mad. I think. I just can't imagine being a fan of a murder mystery show and demanding that the uh, the murder mystery plot gets resolved prematurely, like as soon as possible. <laughs> I would look at, okay, how many more episodes are left of this season? Okay, right. I would expect it to be revealed when it's well, at least over. near the end. Would people know, would people know that, though? Would people that's, have that information to hand? That's what I wonder. Like, it's mm. it's possible that people just didn't weren't able to like look at for how much season, episodes the season has been commissioned. I don't know. Like this, think... this was like like it was it wasn't huge. Like people were talking on like chat room chat shows and TV shows about Twin Peaks and like who the murderer in Twin Peaks was, and they were like running bets and stuff. And there was yeah, yeah like it was. It was this big thing. But, I yeah. remember because I I watched Journey through Twin Peaks. And I'm trying to remember what they said <laughs> about it. But like, 
I think that yeah. speaks to how sort of ahead of its time uh, Twin Peaks was. Like, mm. I don't know. Was there any other kind of like prestige uh, TV show with like, you know, that kind of you can just watch all like this, like one big storyline like we have uh, now? I don't know. I haven't seen The Prisoner, so I don't know I'm if that's see. what that's like. Well, you know, obviously Twin Peaks couldn't exist without The yeah. Prisoner. Um, but The Prisoner has um, a lot of The Prisoner episodes aren't narrative, really. It's not like a story on that goes that's ongoing. It kind of is, but like most of the episodes stand alone events. It's not like right. episodic mm. in that way until you get to the end where it, when it is uh-huh. right. Um, whereas whereas this, like we were saying, like you really couldn't just watch one episode, like no. tune in yeah. halfway yeah. through yeah, and yeah, expect yeah. to understand what the hell's going on. Um, which I don't know if so, it's yeah. a good thing for television that that happened. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was it was so like ahead of its time yeah, in that for way. Sure. Like now now every show is like that. Like now I wish there were more shows mm. where you can just tune in for any episode. And right. by more shows I mean not just police procedures. Yeah. <laughs> right. But like people don't watch terrestrial, so it's like I don't know. I don't know what that Everything is. Everything is you know, people don't just watch television, they oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. get it on demand or stream or whatever. Yeah, that's that's true, yeah. So it, it's, you know, it, it is sort of the death of that sort of episodic thing because... Yeah. Or, like, episode-to-episode thing because everything is, like, long movies where you watch it all at once and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I just think a lot of the time, shows that have more episodes, that are more episodic, are also easier to watch, and I just kind of wish there was more of that. <laughs> yeah. I agree. It, yeah. I don't want to have spend, to start it's... watching something and with the promise that like, oh, it gets good yeah, in yeah. like two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I I would rather just watch something that's like good when I start watching it and then continues to be good. Mm-hmm. That means you sort of it means the episodes have to focus on a storyline, you know, that lasts like twenty or forty five minutes or whatever it is, um, and then they have to do that well rather than just sort of setting up the next episode yeah. all the time. Mm. Right. And even like um, great uh, serialized shows, like even stuff like Breaking Bad, still has like individual plots in the episode that then add up to something right. bigger. And that's because they were still like they wanted to keep the 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 viewers watching, right? And on the other hand, if you like dump ten episodes onto Netflix at once, you know, hmm. it's gonna be more like uh, when they already expect the people to binge watch. It's uh well and now I think it's more common to just have like instead of uh episodic to have sort of season long yeah, yeah. uh like more anthology style mm. uh stories like a uh, true detective or american horror story. Mm. <laughs> yeah, ex- so. excellent shows. <laughs> I miss yeah, listen. <laughs> I I am a Ryan Murphy apologist. I'm I'm not proud of this about myself. I think he has a twisted mind, mm. and sometimes that's what I want from television: yeah. is someone who has no notion of how to hold a story together, but does know how to do fucked up things for no reason. <laughs> that's all you need, you know. Yeah. 
That's why I was disappointed with the politician because it was like it was very Ryan Murphy, but I was like it could be more insane. Uh-huh. Okay, it was pretty. Insane. When you say okay, when you said Ryan Murphy, I was like, oh, I don't know who that is. It's like I, I know there's like a Glee guy who made it was the guy who made Glee who was Ryan Murphy, but it, it's not the same guy. It is the same guy. <laughs> it is the same guy. Uh-huh. It is the same guy. Yeah, uh-huh. Ryan Murphy did Nip Tuck, then Glee, um, American Horror Story. Uh, politician, um, American Crime Story, American Crime Story, um, basically anything where it's like very hyper something, <laughs> anything that's incredibly camp and sort of twisted is normally a right <laughs> Yeah, anything that's incredibly problematic. Yeah, exactly. Great. Love it. Ah, <laughs> uh, great. Yeah, but every time it's him and Brad Felchuk and the Glee guys, when they get together, that's when you get the really bad shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. I respect it. No one ever talks about Nip Tuck, but I remember. <laughs> you can pretend it didn't happen, but it did, and I remember it. Wow, Star, Sky- Star Sign Scorpio. Adds up, huh? Oh, makes sense. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> what did he do recently? He did, he did, like, a bunch of celebrity, like scandal fictionalizations that I never mm. watched but I'm um, sound fucking stupid as hell so I do kind of want to watch them um oh he did pose but I think he executive produced that which is why it's better um rather than writing it on oh, Scream Queens Salomeo. hey we learn about Wyndham Merrill in this in this yeah, oh, yeah. that's a guy's name is Wyndham go. that's not a name <laughs> <laughs> that's not a name how do you even spell it? Is it Windham? Windham, wind yeah. Mm. That's the promise of like, this will get interesting again in like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In like eight episodes. Just hang in. No, he sent me a letter and it has, it has a chess move, so you know that he's a Ooh, devilish dealer. Yes, <laughs> Man, I was he's watching that. He's got all that. the strings. I got really excited because this was just like Queen's Gambit. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, there's some other funny bits. Like, there's the um, there's the judge who's like a traveling judge who oh, like yeah. lives in a camper van. <laughs> He's very good. Has, like, a sexy another, assistant. God. Another plot line that just gets nothing. It's like just... uh, <laughs> yeah. Leland Palmer. Oh yeah, Leland Palmer confesses to the murder of uh, Jacques Renault or what? It, what? Yeah. A, one of them. Yeah. Some Renault guy. <laughs> and, and everyone stands up and says, "I am Leland Palmer." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're like who would blame this man for taking revenge on who he thought killed his daughter and then within like four episodes he's bashed his own brains out on the floor <laughs> yeah wow again just more like just keep this going just come on keep it going we gotta <laughs> stretch this out so we don't have to say who it is it is yeah it's sort of fascinating to me how there is that whole episode after the reveal, which you know it does feel like it's spinning its wheels. But by, by the time it reaches the end, it still feels massively, massively rushed, and like there's <laughs> so much more that needed to have been done before that. It's yeah, honestly, it's so fascinating that something can feel so wheel spinny and so rapid at the <laughs> same also, time. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> How did they even it's manage that? Something. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, also, very funny when. Um, uh, Dick Tremaine, he, he's in the room, like five stories yes. above, What's and he's funny? smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and every sprinkler in the entire in the jail cell <laughs> goes off. 
Oh my god. <laughs> One cigarette in Twin Peaks where everybody <laughs> smokes. Yeah. <laughs> It's like almost set up earlier in the episode with a guy who's like fiddling with the sprinkler system. But surely if he's fiddling with it, they're all going to be fine and they're not going to get set off. <laughs> is that like lampshading? What is that? This can't be a setup. That's, yeah. No, not to be like fucking Neil deGrasse Tyson about it, but like, <laughs> yeah. no, there's, there's, a, there's a thing that has to break in the sprinkler for it to go off. But it's just very funny. <laughs> all of them. What I loved about in that is song. that, like, that we said earlier that the um, Dick Tremaine plot has no relevance whatsoever. But in Not this one yet. moment, it's happening, like, that episode builds up to, uh, okay, they, they uh, captured, like, Coop learns about the identity of the killer, like, halfway through the episode. Then you're like, oh, mm. how, are they, how are they still going to feel like 20 more minutes? Well, they take him into custody, uh, they take, put him in, in, in the cell, and then there's still like 15 more minutes left. And then we cut to uh, Lucy to Andy Dick and sitting Lucy. down, Andy and Dick. <laughs> I'd written then that down, like, yeah, as I think. <laughs> you're like, oh, this now? You're doing this now? <laughs> Why are we here? But then it's, it turns uh, out it's still relevant because it sets off the sprinkler <laughs> that will then also affect uh, Leland, who is like about to confess. It's like poetry. It rhymes. You know, <laughs> we have this reveal, we have that reveal. But it's all, it's all interwoven together so beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. It's just good writing. It's, you know, mirroring. Yeah. Best show on television. We have all these criticisms the of it, yet it is still the best show on television. Yeah. It's just been listing all its faults for the last hour it's and like a half. It's like incredibly racist at points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do still love it a lot. But like, it's, you know. It's, it's like completely the, reprehensible. I, I do it's think the only <laughs> TV show. <laughs> Twin Peaks is both like more and less than the sum of its parts. <laughs> Somehow, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Just, it's 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 like nothing else, you know. Those are things try and be Twin Peaks, but nothing is Twin Peaks. Yeah. Like, apart from Twin bizarro Peaks, metaphysical entity around this show. Like I, I do think, yeah. just looking at you know, as as we just looked at season one, it was like this is very good, but there there's still like some. Some bits that don't quite mesh and that aren't that great. And as as we looked at like these first nine episodes of season two, which are like commonly known as the better half of the season, mm. I think like <laughs> most people will agree on that. And still, and still, I don't feel like this season plot, like this half season plot, was as satisfying as the promise of it would mm. be because i feel the no. central mystery lacked a lot uh by by the way it was resolved and by the um detours that it took into plots we like the, into the entire uh one-eyed jacks thing mm. you know that took away a bit of it and then there were a ton of like other additional plots that we don't care that much about it still had like some incredible scenes right or some incredible episodes mm. Uh, Absolutely, but, but yeah. still, like, I, I don't think these nine episodes add up to something that is like very coherent on its own, or that is like 
that stands on as a good mm. conclusion or a good resolution to what the season one setup was. That mm. said, no, like, and we will talk about the second half of this season, and we will probably say how out of the um, great it how is. How many episodes <laughs> remain? Twenty two episodes. So there's thirteen more episodes, <laughs> oh, and we God. will probably say how ten of those are absolute garbage. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and still, it's like... <laughs> yeah, I like how in the, the episode descriptions begin to become oh. um, shorter and shorter as we go down. Oh my down. god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, number 13, <laughs> Agent Cooper and Sheriff Truman arrange a trap for Jean Renault. That's it. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> Cooper and Truman try to decipher the hieroglyph from Owl Cave. Pete and Catherine obsess over the puzzle box. Oh my god, the puzzle oh, box. Oh no. Oh, God. Annie and Cooper Bond. Gordon, Gordon Cole falls for Shelley. Tremaine holds a wine tasting at the Great Northern yes. Hotel. And Windham Earl makes his next move. More Dick Tremaine. <laughs> no, scrap that. That sounds like a great episode. I love the description of Windham Earl makes his next move because it's... Uh... He's just a trickster. It's just a great acknowledgement of how... Win- I, I love Windham Earl so much. I... <laughs> He's really good. God. But what, what, what my point was going to be, I don't think any of the individual parts of Twin Peaks are quite perfect and still like in its whole mm. as an experience it's just like nothing else like it's still my favorite yeah, show yeah, in yeah. the world yeah 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 it just somehow it, it it like I don't know to an extent I think like even if I'm like okay this part oh okay we gotta hang out with Josie for a while but like it's still. I find myself stepping out of it, be like, "Damn, I'm watching Twin Peaks right now." Yeah, that's fuck yeah. yeah. This is like my favorite thing to do. <laughs> yeah, extremely. Um, like, that's the other thing that's hard to convey because when when discussing a show, when when discussing any piece of media, we're gonna have to like start picking it apart or whatever. But things that are hard to convey is really just how good it feels to watch this show. Like how mm, yeah. 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 Like, it's well shot and like the acting is fine and you know interesting enough and yeah. like I the love atmosphere how, I love how is, all over the good. place the acting is like I love how there's mm. it's good there's the genuinely good yeah. performances and then there's like the the ones that are like oh this guy's just French <laughs> <laughs> but, he's a French guy he's evil but he's horny I think it speaks to David Lynch's like casting method of just talking to the people like everyone feels like their character mm. you know yeah, yeah. like it, i guess that's just what makes it feel like a world you know yeah Every, the mm. characters are very just watchable mm. i think yeah. that, that's something i was going to say not that yanosh when you're saying that there's no perfect element i'm not going to say that this is a perfect bit but I, I, the strongest bit for me i think is the characters the fact that I I, I, yeah. I completely love Dale Cooper. I completely love Harry Truman. Andy and yeah, Lucy absolutely. are amazing. I love them to bits. There's obviously bad mm. characters as well, but that, that's always the strongest bit of the show to me. No, I agree on that. Like, there's, there's a handful of characters in the show that are, like, transcendental. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and even the ones that we don't like are, like, essential part of the show, I guess. Like, even, mm. the, even the plot lines that we don't give a shit about that, that are very confusing and ultimately don't matter. Just It just wouldn't be Twin Peaks without yeah. it, you know? It wouldn't be yeah, Twin Peaks know, without the bullshit. It, 
gives its magic sort of comes from like the dumb shit as well as mm. like you know yeah. the good bit it's kind of like watching the Star Wars prequels sometimes where it's like yeah this <laughs> yeah. is bullshit but like you want this fucking Star Wars come on come on we're having fun it's got a lightsaber with two ends on it it's got two bits. That's one more than all the other lightsabers we've seen. God damn. They're making clones. These aliens have really long necks. <laughs> just the joie de vivre of watching media, you know? It's just ah. Uh, what an age we live in. Damn. It's the bit it's it's the bit in um in um cancelled show Big Mouth where he's like we're gonna go see a movie and he's like yeah it's gonna be great it's a movie uh-huh. <laughs> yeah no absolutely I love movies God, I, I wish yeah, you know you're like oh, I wish I could go see a movie damn I know Ugh. I feel like we talk about this every podcast but the- mm. yeah not being able to go to the cinema anymore is such a bummer like my mom okay my mom Total tangent. My mom asked me like if I wanted to go to my cousin's wedding in like Wisconsin, and I'm like, no, what? No, there's a because of the novel coronavirus pandemic. Uh-huh. Like, what are we... you work at a hospital? You know what that is, anyway. Sorry, weird tangent, but um... no, you're right. <laughs> anyway, Twin Peaks is a television show. Twin Peaks. I think like the other thing um, that that might be actually perfect about twink, this pin twinks, <laughs> twink, twinky. What what might be I actually perfect know. about this show is uh, our good pal Angelo Badalamenti. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. He go he's going off all the time. Yeah, he's like I felt, even like, I, in... I felt like I heard more of the music this time. I was paying more attention to the music for some reason. It was great. I love. Yeah, that same. Like I I don't know. I had this I had this weird memory that. Twin Peaks's music, while having a lot of bangers, is also repetitive, and it's also it's like basically four musical cues. But I I was wrong. Like it's much more subtle and varied. Like mm. of course there's like these th- these recurring yeah. themes, but even that is like unlike any other. T- like I can't think of a single other TV show that has mm. yeah 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 music uh, that uses music this well as Twin Peaks. Mm. Um. Because mm. cause usually, like in, in in most TV shows, music is like in the very much in the background, right? Like mm. You don't have this strong like thematic work, right? Where there's like, oh, this is Laura Palmer's theme. This is this is a theme that you will recognize as mm. coming up yeah. when they talk about Laura Palmer. And I almost feel like that comes from the sort of soapy thing, that sort of like mm. accenting really emotional high yeah. moments with like a theme, like a theme tune. Yeah, but I love no, that. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. That, as like, a, in, a, in, a, a in a completely positive like, way. Ah, oh, it's great. Laura Palmer's theme is like one of the greatest pieces of music I've I've ever heard. Oh, absolutely. And, and then and then there's like some some parts in this show where where the music is just like how to describe it. It's like the the, the shape it takes or like the the, the color it has, right? The color that, that the music has is like this. I know that is less about the melody, right? And it's more like mm. about setting yeah. a mood sort of perfectly. A... Like, yeah, yeah, it's... yeah. Just a very, mm. very nice synth drone yeah. to like create mm. an atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. on the drone is stuff. The like, it yeah, makes yeah. it makes scenes that aren't even that creepy so much creepier or so much more tense. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, that sound design stuff that's just very yeah. good. Yeah, 
Oh, we have um, we have the two musical performances also by the, what's her name, Julie Cruz. Julie uh, Cruz, which yeah. is also really cool. She's always good when they're doing the fact when Maddie's dying and they have the bit where um, the giant yeah. is and is like it's happening again it and everyone's happening. just like crying okay. and they don't know yeah. why because of like Coop's emotional, you know. Psychic powers. I thought it was just very good. I was gonna say that earlier. We just got distracted by something else. But I (laughs) I was gonna say that the that's the other reason why that uh, scene of Leland killing Maddie sticks out so much to me is just like the the lead up of them being um being at that bar and watching Julie Cruz sing and then like Julie Cruz disappearing and the giant showing up instead. Uh, That's Mm. That that's incredible stuff. It's just because they have this whole like, you know, like psychic and spooky stuff. It's just like everyone is able to feel yeah. emotions about this thing without actually knowing that it's happening mm. or understanding what's happened. But they still feel like the emotions of it, which is like, I don't know. It's almost like a viewer experience. Yeah, it's good. Mm. Except James. Um, James does not appear to be altered <laughs> by this at all. Cry. He's got no psychic abilities. He's, <laughs> he's basically brain dead. No James doesn't even have psychic powers. Come on, dude. <laughs> Go ride your motorcycle. You're, gonna f- you're all going to feel so bad when we watch the return and we learn that James was always cool. <laughs> when we find out oh, no. that James is always cool. God, we're going to have to. Um, mm. Okay. So we know that happens in the return when they say James was always cool. So how, how are we feeling about James's coolness so far? <laughs> we have our first I just want to get on my bike and go. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, we do. This, this is this is when this he chunk. leaves, isn't it? Please do. Yeah. Go. Um, yeah. 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 I think he leaves at the end of this. This is the beginning of his epic journey. Mm. Uh, yeah, Some, I think it was yeah, in the last episode. Like that. I hate yeah. his I hate his bike so much. <laughs> it's cuz he's a bad boy ish. <laughs> but he's, yeah, he's too cool. soft to be a bad boy. Yeah, he's just he's a he's a uh he's like I'm on the road. I'm a I'm I'm a beat generation. Listen, yeah. it's it's me. I'm 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 yeah. rebel without. But voice. if you are, then then you're not allowed to sing with that voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't be a you can't be a soprano. And well, mm, let me <laughs> think about that. I think James is cool. I don't know. He's like sort of capital capital C cool mm. in like an archetypal way, not mm. like yeah, yeah, yeah. charismatic. Mm. Um, you don't think he's charismatic? <laughs> uh, no. uh, he just seems like, kind of yeah. like a grumpy boy. I don't know. <laughs> Not my type, he, he, but yeah. he does like one facial expression yeah. that's just like the soulful look. Yeah, mm, real pouty. <laughs> he's like, and he's like, yeah, he's got like a little pat. <laughs> uh, what's what's the worst James moment of of these nine episodes? I barely even remember any. Yeah, I did skip over think, most of them. So every scene, he's—I think it's got to be just you and I, right? Like, I don't know. Uh, he doesn't really do much else that isn't his little yeah. love triangle. But and those the, scenes at, are at fine. At the same time, that's also like just you and I is also just his, is also the most memorable moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, exactly. I do kind of, I do kind of love that scene. Like, as bad as bad as it is. The, the, like that's I think it's iconic. I watch it. I'm like, ah ha yeah. this scene. Like that's, right. the, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one James scene I will voluntarily rewatch. Um, yeah, because it's like I don't know. 
I don't know what it is about that scene that I love so much. <laughs> it's kind of hypnotizing, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just so bad in every single aspect of it. But it's still like shot mm. by David Lynch, so it has like it has like the David Lynch magic done to absolute garbage. <laughs> I, I do wonder if that's James Marshall's or what's the the actor's name, uh, real singing voice. It also does one of my favorite things uh, in a scene where there's music, where a character is playing an instrument and then other instruments come in <laughs> into the mix. And there's yeah, <laughs> just from the ether, just nowhere. I love yeah. that. Yeah, it says on 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 the wiki. It says uh, the song was written by David Lynch and performed by James Marshall, Lara Flynn, Lara Flynn Boyle, and Sherry Lee. I love that there's a lyrics sheet to this. It is like just you and I, just you and I together forever in love. Wow! Oh, I forgot there was other lines. In love was the other, and then later on, like the second verse is the same as the first verse, and then verse. Then there's a bridge that is in love. We go strolling together. In love, we go strolling forever. And then, then right. verse yeah. I should, is the I should same just the give up two. songwriting because how am I gonna, you know, how am I, <laughs> how am I gonna You're not compete? Gonna reach this. I'm oh. sorry, you know, the guy you, David Lynch has already cool got it lyrics out. and stuff, but you just <laughs> oh. <laughs> the sure emotion of the scene is unreplicable. I was thinking today just... how we need to cover, we need to do an episode on David Lynch's music because it's there are some real gems in there. Oh hell yeah, mm. yeah, we, we can do I that. Think that would be fun. I've not explored that at all. Um, yeah, so that's it's just the, this face that Donna pulls the entire time that really drives me mad. Uh. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I found an article that is like that, like talks about this song, like this this the story behind it, and it says mm-hmm. James Marshall explained the Twin Peaks Festival in 2013. Um, I play guitar a lot, and I used to bring my guitar to the set. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh <my laughs> okay. God. He's a guitar boy. The worst vibes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, James Marshall is the one actor I am comfortable with being mean to because, oh my god! Like, <laughs> yeah, the character was written badly, but the things that you brought to it is um, also just like made it so much worse. Um, yeah, it said, I play guitar a lot and used to bring my guitar to the set. David Lynch heard about it and said, would you be comfortable doing a song on the show? So Marshall wow. and Badalamenti and Lynch met on the set mm-hmm. uh, to compose a 50s pastiche on the fly, uh, presumably <laughs> while a million other things are going on around them. So. <laughs> like yeah, other it's... important shit, just like, hey, we got to <laughs> make this song. Oh Let's my God. come up with a song in five minutes. <laughs> let's put it in our tv show um it's a great idea imagine being like one of those people just like fuming at the mouth like when are they going to reveal the killer and then just you <laughs> yeah. and i comes on <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just go into hysterics i don't even know <laughs> you just i don't know i would I would just be screaming at the TV like this is this is genius. <laughs> it's like when something stupid happens on like Riverdale and I'm just going mad because it's great. <laughs> yeah. Do you think <laughs> oh my God. How do you feel about the fact that in season two of Riverdale, the big bad was also uh-huh. revealed to be the dead? Yeah, dads are just It was an homage that TV. time though. 
I, I feel like it's got yeah, to have been on a He was possessed. He, had, he was just a serial killer because of <laughs> Betty. Sorry, spoilers for Riverdale season two. Oh, okay. <laughs> Betty made him crazy with her justice speech. Um, It'll do, that'll do it, so, yeah. But he was thinking, trained as a, as a child by his evil mother to become a serial killer, and so he did. It's just yeah, fine. It's normal. It'll also do it, yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't have the serial killer gene, unlike Betty, who does have the serial killer gene. <laughs> that's how that works. I've yeah. I've read enough true crime to know that's how it's a genealogical <laughs> yeah. thing. Well, but she but he doesn't have it. It shows she's more serial killer than her dad, who's an actual serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, good. One plot we barely talked about is the Nadine stuff. Mm. It it doesn't come in well, towards the end. She's mostly unconscious. Yeah, yeah, no, that'll that'll kind of blossom more yeah. in the second half. But for now, it's it's fun, you know. Yeah. In, in terms of, she thinks she's a teen. Mm. It's fine. It's, it's cute. Uh, so yeah, sort of it's funny gonna, to watch. It's gonna bigger. get creepy. <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Also, Mike. There's some Mike stuff, Mike. you know. Oh yeah, Mike. Yeah. Oh yeah, Mike. yeah. That the other the without chemicals, he points. Point. So you know, he's that a guy, a cool... and he's. That's the, he needs yeah. medication, but what if he doesn't get the medication and then he becomes a spirit man? I think of the three clues, I think that was my favorite. I think that was just a cool way to, I don't know, integrate it. Yeah. And Mike is a very good actor. The actor who plays yeah. Mike, I mean. Yeah, he's, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Mm. He's, I feel like he steals basically every scene that he's in. His voice is incredibly powerful. It's very, very yeah, good. His voice yes. is very good. I'm Mike. His name is Bob. Excellent. Bob a convenience store. When, he, when he's yeah, like reciting a poem in the first series, it's like incredibly powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did we have that scene in this as well where they go into the woods to have tea with the log lady and she and she talks to them? Um in her in her house. I think this was uh, in the first season. Night. Yeah, that was season one, what? I think. Yeah. We did have a cool season, yeah. a cool scene in this one where uh, the lock talked to the major. Mm. Yeah, and Norma told the log lady to stop putting her gum on the, the table. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. But I do think, like, because yeah. we, we talked about how like the acting is so so all over the place. So like, just having a log lady and a major brick scene is was just so nice because these said. Like two great, two two of two of our collective favorite characters, I assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and you know their their acting is great. So it's it's always nice. Like between between the like Hank scenes and the Josie scenes uh, and the like James scenes, it's the nice ones, to have yeah. like a scene that has like two of the two two like less foregrounded characters that are. Like just so much more engaging to watch. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there wasn't that much log lady stuff in uh in this in this half season. I uh I forgot I was gonna watch the the log lady intros. Oh, I did yeah, not do yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> oh I watched I watched them all with log lady intros. Very good. Love them. She's always so they read them afterwards, right? They mm, were just like, yeah, for like a re airing, I think. Um, but they're on my DVDs, and she's just like, yeah, I'm going to say something kind of weird. And you're going to go, okay. But sometimes they're very, like, I don't know, she'll be like, a silence. 
sometimes it's the scariest thing that can happen. <laughs> sometimes not as scary as noise. <laughs> it's yeah, it's good. Doesn't in like the second half of season two, doesn't she are some of them aren't some of them like this sucks. Like she yeah. says, like <laughs> yeah, there's this is horrible. <laughs> That's very fun. <laughs> um, do we have anything else to say about this this half season? I'm trying to think. I do not. Covered yeah. most of it, I think. Yeah, this was a little tricky to talk about. I I felt just because there's still like like I feel like the second half of this, we're just gonna talk about a bunch of bullshit that happens because there's like no mm. plot for most of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but but we have we got to talk about the owl cave. And the lodges yeah. and the lodge spirit and the the threshold and you know yeah. But for this one, I thought oh, it was favorite. a little hard because there's like that one, the, the one main plot, but it's buried under so much other stuff that it was kind of hard to mm-hmm. sort out. So you know, Windermill is gonna put a boy in a big chest piece. Dressed up as a pantomime yeah. horse. Oh my god. He's gonna take Leo captive as like his manservant. It's gonna be I remember so little about all this stuff. I think it's okay. the I think it's the first episode of season two. There's like so at the end of it, which I will say I, I watched it last night because I was like, I'll watch some uh tonight and I'll watch some in the morning. I fell asleep about like two thirds of the way through. Mm-hmm. So if there's anything like massively important in the last twenty minutes of episode one, I might have missed it. <laughs> but I woke up at the very end with like the scary Bob montage. Yeah. And I was just like, what the mm-hmm. fuck's going on? But um I think it's in that where like they have Bob beneath the bed and they like superimpose a picture of an owl over his face yeah. and it's like stressed yes, out yes. and it looks terrible. <laughs> oh. I love all the bad effects I love in that. this. I love that. I love that shit. Yeah. Uh, it's like um you know in labyrinth where he turns into the owl and it's like got the like morphe <laughs> morphe bet it's yeah good stuff oh brilliant um that's all i've got to say about these yeah. episodes there's literally nothing else we could have said there's nothing else i don't think so yeah I, no but i do think gordon, gordon, gordon cole but he doesn't really do anything yeah no. we love gordon yeah he, he's uh, just got here i've got a is this his first time like physically showing up? Yeah. 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 All right. I've got like, like I've got some thoughts. I can. I'll hang on to it. Mm. See, I've I've got a I've got a theory, and now okay. I'm gonna wait. Uh-hh. See how it. No, I'm I'm curious. Like a little sizzle for you. <laughs> can can you drop a few hints for, of your theory? Well, I don't know. I so there's uh like. In season three, he's the like director of the FBI. Yeah. And but and he's also the director of the television show. And like But he's not the he's not the director of the FBI in their ten. Is he not? He's the director no, it's, of something, uh, what's right? Her, what's her name? Oh, it's uh d- um Denise. Oh, David Duchovny. Denise. You know, yeah. Uh, Denise, Denise, yeah. Denise. Okay. But like also okay, yeah. but he is also the director of the television show, and so like He's always saying, oh, why don't you invite Truman in? But Dale already did that. And so, I don't know. It's not fully anything yet, but it's like, oh, David Lynch, the director, also 
tells the characters what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, can, I can see something going on. Yeah. So I mean, he's. I don't know. His role is gonna start like becoming more and more important. Like this, after this point, it feels like he he was only brought in as a comedy character. Mm. Um, yeah. Then yeah. later on, like in the second season, for a lot of it, it feels like well, David Lynch is barely involved with this show creatively anymore but let's still keep him around <laughs> how do you think he felt watching, watching his show just be ruined in front yeah, of him but yeah. he just has to sit there and scream anyway but his scenes were still fun <laughs> what a dream he's having fun though so i can't even fault him and then in in both firewalk with me and then in season three he he starts like becoming a super important character like extremely yeah. essential to everything that's happening basically mm. um which right. you know usually if directors cast themselves in super important roles uh like i i'm kind of like shaking my head a little bit but it's david lynch so who gives a shit we'll have to watch yeah, david lynch do things yeah not, not everyone can be david lynch or tommy Wiseau. <laughs> yeah Pull it off. i'm thinking about when about his other roles in his work when he's just like the guy in um in Inland Empire who's just confused I have <laughs> about where to put Inland the thing. Empire. Oh, it's it's darling. He was also in that monkey oh, short anyway. movie. Oh yeah. Oh, he was in Dune. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. He was kind of cameo in Dune. A dirty man in Dune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was covered in that spice. Yeah. Um, spicy boy. Okay. It was the spicy boy, which he has remained. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we yeah. should we should finish mm. before we just start talking about other David Lynch movies. <laughs> yeah. um, Not on this podcast. Hello, uh, I was going to introduce it again because I got confused. Uh, <laughs> thank you for Welcome to, to Lynchpin. Lynch <laughs> Welcome to Lynchpin. Uh, um, start our discussion. Oh, um, <laughs> hell, uh, God! Now I confuse myself. <laughs> thank you for listening to Lynchpin. Um, next week. Next month, we're talking about the rest of mm. season two. We'll finally movie. actually meet um, little Nikki, the character we keep talking about in all <laughs> of the episodes. Yes. yes, little Nikki, yeah. the key to all of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe little Nikki is like, you know, the secret, the secret <laughs> behind Twin Peaks. Do yeah. like a two hour long YouTube video <laughs> called like, Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks really. Secret little... finally revealed about how Nikki is like God or something. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah we'll so meet Billy Zane. have you enjoyed this? Uh, we'll meet Annie. Billy Zane. Zane will be there. There's going to be a bomb threat. That is a, there's uh-huh. a bomb explosion. It's be such a, um, there's a magic a chef, bomb. A bank. Absolute yeah. chef's kiss plot of uh, Cooper being investigated by the FBI. Oh, it's yeah, that's oh, such yeah. a good plot. Oh, yeah, Delicious. Cooper gets kicked out of the FBI. There's some dubious stuff with that. You know, there are so mm. many... There's mm. so much that this show can plumb, you know. There is there are so many depths that this show yeah. can can can, sink to. can explore. Um, yeah. Ugh. So look forward to that. Um, and we'll see you then. Until then, um, the owls are not what they seem. So you know, mm-hmm. throw a rock at them or something. That gum you like is actually shit. You have bad taste in gums. <laughs> 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 <laughs>